Hello and welcome back to the SC Heartback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. With me, a very special guest today. I have to change up my normal intros. The Grant Ravelli to my Stacey Jones. It's Chris from England. Chris, how are you, mate? Uh, doing well, mate. Doing well. Fantastic blast from the past there. Uh, <laughs> Gunman Grant. Wow. Let's see if I can put this one dead and uh, we'll, we'll pack up and go. Mate, I had to have you on here, obviously. We've obviously done the revamp from the rewind into the SE Heartback. And I knew I had to have you on. We had a quite an interesting super coach season in our draft comp this year. I know you're fit and firing, ready to go for next year already. So I had to bring you on for the send-offs. And we come we come today with a very interesting team, one of my dark horses for 2024. A team I think we all had a bit of fun with this year at some stage. We're talking about the Gold Coast Titans. So Chris, I'm gonna open up to you, mate. Give me an opening thought for the 2023 Titans super coach season. Uh, so from a from a Titans point of view, it's it's a weird one. Yeah, fantastic team to watch in the NRL, but very frustrating to watch as a super coach fan. Uh, owning any of these guys can be um, the the make or break of your season and, and and of any particular game. And to be fair, of any particular ten minutes, it's a it's a very exciting ride. Look, I think we have to start with the with the greats of this team. I think there's two clear standouts: uh, the big boys, uh, Dave Fafita and Big Tino. Both, both of those guys really wrote it this year. Today, Fafita with an 81 average, Fafita with a 77. I think it starts there. Obviously, they're on the big contracts. They've re-signed this year. They're not going to go anywhere. I think they're just two super coach guns where you draft them first two rounds every year and you're happy with what you get. Completely. And I think both with very high attacking upside. That we, we know that um, Tino has always been a fantastic base guy. I think Dave Fafita um, really, really lifted that part of the game this year. Um, he wasn't just a hope we get two tries and crack 100. He was you know, doing some hard stuff out of his own end. I think having Kieran Foran next to him as well meant he really picked up the defensive game. And they're both very, very stable captain options most weeks. Um, Tino especially. Um, add in an attacking step for him and uh, you're making many an opponent cry. So tell me right now, obviously we have to pick an MVP for the 2023 season. Would you go for Fida with on the edge, a bit of upside, more attacking stats? Or would you go big Tino in the middle with the base, with the attacking stats coming in with the duel as well? Uh, I think I would go Tino. I think yeah. this year in particular, um, he's had some some really great attacking options. I think the the change at the hooker situation there for the Titans this year um, with Verrills coming in and Randall doing a, a decent job there as well. Mentino has become a much bigger threat close to line. Um, whereas we know that, that Fafita's had that in him. We know that he has a, a 15 plus try season in him. And whilst he was fantastic this year, maybe didn't quite reach what we know he's capable of. Whereas I think Tino is just on the up and up. And you know that he, he just puts in a shift. He's going to get through 70 minutes a week, week after week. Yeah, I think, like I said, those are the two unquestioned guys, especially with Desi coming in next year, which we'll close with today in the 2024 uh, open thought. But I think for those two guys, lock and load. Go, let's go into the goods, because I think you have to start with the two centres. I think Brian Kelly and Phil Sami this year. If you had both of them, play 21 games, very durable, and average of 64 and a 58. You know, you would have drafted them as your second, third CTW, potentially. You got some tremendous value out of those guys. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think uh, I was someone that was quite high on the Titans coming into this season. And I think I diverged a little bit. I thought I was, I was really big on Jojo Fafita coming into the season. I thought he would steal one of those center spots. And with Shup heading up to the Titans as well, I thought that those two would be uh, super coach saviors 
for for me as a, a bit of a pod. Um, but Kelly and and Phil have done it. Phil Sami as well. Just um, has an uncanny ability to break a tackle and get over the line. Whether it's that ego, whether it's just that drive in him, but but he's got the dog in him. Yeah, two more guys I will throw in the good category. I think Mofo, a very slow start to the season, came home with a wet sail average of 55. You know, if he was your second front or a forward, you probably would have got very cheap in a trade early on in the year with his down form or even off the waivers like in one of our comps. And I think Chris Randall, you said it. Obviously, Sam Verrills is there, only played the 11 games with an injury, but that hooker rotation now of Verrills and Randall it just adds a little bit of a punch through the middle, and I think both of those guys are good for an attacking stat here or there. Yeah, so I think one of the big things with Randall, and I actually finished the season with both Verrills and Randall in in our super coach team. Um, so Randall, and I think he will really start to lock down the position next year, is a fantastic ball playing lock in that sort of cotter mold. He gets through an absolute ton of work playing a proper at lock and at a pinch could jump into to backfield Verrills. So I was very impressed with Randall's second half of the season and he's... Um, his scores significantly rose in that, that second half of the season. Someone else I'd throw up as a, a good, but not potentially a, a superstar, was Tanner Boyd, just because of that dual position. You know, hooker, halfback, very tough spots to fill at times. Hooker especially, and the fact that he was goal-kicking meant that you could throw him in at a pinch when you needed to with a decent upside there as well. Yeah, interesting you mentioned Tanner, because I had him as a slightly fail, only because there was so much off-season hype. You know, he was obviously going to be, you know... At the start of the year, we were thinking, is he going to play on Fafita's edge? If he doesn't, that's fine because you got Bo Fermor. Obviously, got injured before the season started. Averaged a 50, so, you know, or 49. It's not nothing to sneeze. Like you said, you could play him in a pinch. Uh, but for all the hype included, and I think the thing that probably bumps me just a little bit more down to a fail for him, I have a look at a guy like Tom Weaver, and that's a guy I could see in a couple of years myself owning. I think Tom Weaver, he played those last three games against good competition, backs against the wall. He looked like he had a bit of super uh, punch about him. So I really do like Tom Weaver, but let's move into, I'll give you one here. Tell me if this is a good or a fail, just for the off-season hype into the amount of tries he scored in the year. Uh, Carm Pereira, AKP. He obviously had a ton of tries this year, averaged a 47 in the end, but you knew you were going <laughs> to get an 80 or a 12. Yeah, that, that average is, is very much a... And, and nicely in the middle there, you're getting 112 or a 12, as you say. <laughs> and um, I think for a first season on the wing in a team that's missed the eight, you're, you're happy with a 50, aren't you? you? You look at some other people kicking around the comp in the, the center wing position where a 50 average in a debut season, you go, yeah, love it. I think there's, there's a lot of upside there. You, you know, you're not going to get the base. He, he falls very much into that Fox mold to me. In that if you're, you're really trying to chase a game, you, you want him there, mm. but you don't really want him to be your dependable guy. You, you, you're never going to feel confidence throwing captain on him, but when you get it right, it's right. Yeah, I think that's 100%. You know, he's one of those guys, he will be, he's a perfect uh, fourth CTW in a draft comp, isn't he? You know, you're not going to have to spend an early pick on him. You can fill your CTW and, you know, if you round out your team nicely, it doesn't matter if you get his 12, but if you get his 112, it can change your week. But let's move. I've got a couple of fails, and it's only a fail because you need to get both of them on the field, and the Tigers don't know how to do it yet. And I think Desi has the best chance. But I've got AJ Brimson, who averaged a 57, so nothing to sneeze out there. And I've got Jaden Campbell, who averaged a 44. Obviously, Campbell coming off the bench a lot. Brimson only played the 14 games. My, my question to you, Chris, obviously, 
you would have gone a very high pick on Brimo this year. I think, you know, in our comp, he was third I, round maybe by chance. Yeah, you are talking to the person that drafted him, yes. Yeah, so he's one of those guys, when he when he's on, he, he can play 20 rounds and, you know, stay fit. He's one of the guys you love to own, uh, especially with he's always gets a jewel on him. You know, he's at the end of those attacking raids for the Titans, but I just feel the Titans attack a bit more differently than most things. So that traditional fullback role that, that gets all the points and as well as at the points in Supercoach just doesn't happen for this Titans team. So question is... And, Brimson, uh, I think and- Brimo isn't that player either, right? He's mm-hmm. not someone like you look at uh, Augusto or someone who's, who's very ball dominant, wants to be involved, even with a, a strong halfback. Brimo isn't that guy, nor is he a Reese Walsh where you can set up a lot of the attacking structure around him. Where he really shines and excels is his support play. And it's saying that's a lot less predictable. You, you can't go into rounds going, you know where he's going to pop up to get his points. He, he can come in bursts and the, the the Titans definitely have the forward pack to, to help him excel in that. But he's not a consistent they're not making looks week after week where you know where he's going to pick up the points. Again, like that Reese Walsh, you know he's going to get that ball 20 in from the right wing and, and Stags or, or Cobo are going over. It, it's a predictable, consistent look. And you just don't get those with Rimo. Um, I was very high on him this season. That dual position is always very, very beneficial. But it's, yeah, um, you want a little bit more productivity from someone that's going to go so high in your draft. Let me ask you a question ahead, and I guess this is a good jump into 2024 uh, thinking because this is the team that I'm very high on next year. Would you draft first? If Des Hasler comes out and says, in round one, Jaden Campbell is the fullback and AJ Brimson is the centre. Brimo is a fullback CTW jewel and Jaden Campbell is only fullback. Who gets drafted first? Brimo. Runs on the board, dual position. Mm. Um, JC is great, great, but I think same same issues, right? You, that fullback spot there isn't as lucrative as it is in a lot of other clubs, just by the structure of the team. You don't and, think that Campbell's got that super coach friendly game that could really, if he had twenty games at fullback, he can go and hunt the ball a bit more than a Brimo does. Uh, I think yes, I think he could probably outscore Brimo at fullback, but I think Brimo at centre is going to get you a stable 50 a week. I think mm. the dual position and the name would always lean to him being a higher draft pick, particularly with how deep fullback is. I think we we know that once those seven or eight superstar sort of guys are gone, no one's going to be sneezing at picking up a JC or a Jareen Buller around eight, nine, ten. Whereas a, a juicy dual position for someone that, could jump into five eight, get some you know strong playmaking stats. Could always just drop back to fullback. You know, Brimo's got the job security somewhere in that team. JC might not. Let me go a couple of rapid fire questions to finish this out here. Uh, obviously, you already mentioned that Tino won the MVP this year. If you had the tenth pick in the draft next year, and all the stars are off the board, and you had to pick between Ferfita or Tino at pick ten, who are you going on there? Ferfita. Okay. Upside? I just, uh, upside, love to watch him play. Would love to own him. Okay. For your second CTW, would you go Brian Kelly on the left or Phil Sami on the right? Jojo Fafida. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, 23 wasn't a year, but 24 might be. I think there's still a player in him. Out of the two, I think I think Phil Sami. I think Kelly was on the outer at the start of this year. 
I think the job security is not a hundred percent there. Um, I think Sammy does a lot more of the 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 dirty work that I I appreciate. And finally, obviously, Des Hasler is going up to the club. I'm very very high on him. You. Let's just think about it. If they can find a way to get Brimo and JC on the field at the same time for 80 minutes, if Bo Fernwell comes back and plays an 80-minute role on the edge after his season-long injury, and Des Hasler sees his team and gets a bit more grit in this team, how high are we on this team? Is this someone that you could draft a lot? Is this a team that you can have three or four Titans in your Supercoach draft team You know, early on in Classic and you know, If the draw is good, you can ride them the whole way? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, but I also said the same this year. I think I was probably higher on the Titans super coach wise than than a lot of people. Um, partly because you know that, that, that they're just a crazy team. They're they're a 36-24 sort of scoreline team. Um defense isn't overly valued in super coach, and that's okay. Because when the crazy team turns up and everyone's putting on a try, you want to be following them. So yes, Titans for 24. Sign me up for Des. Last question. I did mention him. I think the forgotten man of this draft coming into next year will be Bo Fermor. You saw what Joe Stimson did on that edge this year. A whole lot of nothing with a lot of chance. I just have a feeling we were all so high on Bo Fermor. He was around three or four pick. I just think that Des is going to come in and go to win games. We kind of have feet just barging over people. We've got to have a bit more consistency, maybe use him a bit more for decoy on that edge, swing back to Bo Fermor on the right. Am I crazy for going both for more round four right now coming off a season-ending injury? Yes, you are. As, uh, as a previous uh, bow owner, um, but the one thing I think that we we need to really wait to see what plays out is where he's going to play. Um, Firma, you're back to twenty-two, left side only, left side. Uh, for feeder four and combo works really nicely. Hmm. Is Des going to slot Firma back in on the left? And move Fafita over to the right, or are we going to pigeonhole firmer into a position he wasn't as comfortable in? Um, doesn't run as good a shape over that side. Uh, I, I love him. I think it will really be predicated on uh, twenty twenty two. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, had the dual position still. Yes. Um, he's yeah. not going to have it. Um, and I think round four just a bit too high on someone coming off such an injury when there's a lot of good options in that top 50 players. Yeah, he's definitely a swing man for me. I think there's going to be someone in a lot of drafts who will go early. And like you just said, there's a chance he goes to the left. If he goes into the left, it may not work as good, obviously, for feeder is that ball-wrecking, scary play on the edge that attracts a lot of attention. But I just think about, you know, you could get, like I said, he was going around, he went around three in our draft comp last year. And I think there's a lot of guys will sour. Maybe even, he might even be there, you know, round five, six, like Haas was last year. Sour on a lot of people, and he might be a steal the draft. So I think the one thing about Desi, he plays in a very different style of play to most teams. So I think he's, they're going to be one of those teams that, like you did this year, you know, hit your wagon and go, I believe in the Titans 2024, I'm drafting for it. And if you do and it pays off, then you could be in a very nice position in your draft comp. 100%. All right, mate, we'll leave it there. We've got one more pod coming up after this. We've got the Dolphins up next. So thank you for coming on, Chris. Cool, mate. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Please check out the socials at the SE Halfback. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.